Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 149. What's right with Nick Wright on just a glorious Tuesday morning as we are entering week four of the NBA playoffs. The Lakers still undefeated at home and the Los Angeles Lakers that I on this very show six weeks ago, just six short weeks ago, gave you all to win the title at 50 to 1 are now the favorites in the Western Conference and down to 4 to 1 to win the title. If you're the type of person that sells bets on prop swap or hedges, that would get you a 12x return on the 50 to 1 bet. But you know, on this show, we are team no hedge. 12x return sounds great. A 50x return sounds even better. And they are now just nine wins away as the Warriors' dynastic run is on the brink. We will get to all of that shortly. Dior is here. She is doing a tremendous job. She also gave out her Instagram at the end of yesterday's show. And many of you are very <laughs> bad people. That's just a fact. You can deal with that however you want. That's between your priest or your God or whomever. You can ask us questions. We will do that in the C block. Also, we are doing Nick Wright Public Defender today. When we did that with Demonze, he had to wear a powder wig and had a gavel. Demonze called me yesterday saying, you need to bring the wig and gavel to the show. And I didn't tell him this, but I will be telling him this now. I'm not going to make my daughter do that. I'm not going to make Diora wear the powder wig and do the gavel and all that foolishness. Demonze, that was something I felt good about making him do, making him look ridiculous. I'm not going to do that to you. We will still play public defender. Uh, here is what is not on today's show, and then we will officially welcome Diora in. The NBA's all-rookie team has been announced, not on the show. Isaiah Pacheco has two off-season surgeries. The guy was running all year running through defenses for the Super Bowl champion Chiefs with a torn labrum and other stuff, no problem. And uh, Cal McNair says he didn't force the C.J. Stroud pick. All right, Diora, welcome in. You're doing a wonderful job. Big show today. Well, that's one of your best shows already. Uh, you know how some days I say, you know how, you know how some days I say I'm going to stay true to the clock. I'm not going to go over. I'm going the opposite today. Maybe that will mean that you stay under this time. Maybe. Probably not, though, because I think we're doing 20 minutes on the Laker game. But we'll That's see. I know you have places to be. Dior needed today to be a short show. Not going to happen. What are we starting with? So the most clutch player of all time had a huge fourth quarter for the Lakers. I'm referring, of course, to Lonnie Walker. Shout out, Lonnie. 
And now it's 3-1. And the Warriors could never come back from 3-1. Okay, stop. Kevin Durant's not walking through that door. And by that, I mean going up against him. But go ahead. Okay. Are you at all worried that this is part of the Warriors' plan to get back at LeBron for 2016? No, I'm not at all worried about that. The Warriors are cooked. They're done. They're finished. You guys were all so giddy. Oh, Nick's going to have to eat crow on the Warriors again. Oh, they beat his Kings. And while I'm sad they beat my Kings, and it did cost me some money, it is more fitting that the Golden State Warriors, who have never lost a playoff series under Steve Kerr in the Western Conference playoffs, finally, for the first time ever, lose a series under Kerr on the Western Conference side of the bracket because LeBron James walks through that door to that conference and beats them. But the story, you are correct, was not LeBron last night. While he was good, once again, he can't hit threes, very frustrating. The story, of course, for the Lakers was Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker had 15 fourth quarter points, the majority of which over Steph Curry, and it helped the Lakers come back from a double-digit second-half deficit to put the Warriors on the brink. And Anthony Davis was brilliant early and then very good late defensively. Lonnie Walker, who was a starter for some of this year, was heavily in the rotation and then relegated to the bench. DNP coach's decisions, he he stayed ready and he came through. He's only 24 years old and now for the Lakers, but the Lakers are not the most interesting side of this. The Warriors are. We'll get to them in a second. That Dior is mocking my hand movements. That's fine. The Lakers now, you have your starting five that you trust. LeBron, AD. LeBron and LeBron. LeBron, AD. Vando for defense. Reeves for a little bit of everything. And D'Lo. Now, you don't know what you're going to get from all of those guys every night. And Vando yesterday didn't play much. But that's your five. Then off the bench. You have Schroeder, who can get hot and is a smart player, even if sometimes he's a very inefficient player. You have Rui, who has been excellent all postseason. And now all of a sudden you have Lonnie Walker. That gets you to eight before you have to go to your backup center, Winyan Gabriel, and then your backup shooters, Troy Brown and Malik Beasley, if you ever see him again. That is a deep, dangerous team. Would the they other, be deep and dangerous if they didn't have LeBron and had all those other players? Well, well, listen, LeBron has not been the best player in the Lakers this postseason. It's been Anthony Davis. But I'm glad you brought up LeBron. Oh, my gosh. I'm I, so uh, sorry, uh, everyone. And, and pull your microphone up a little closer to you if you could. You'll have time here because I'm probably going to talk for about 14 minutes here. Uh, it Very interesting what we saw from LeBron yesterday. Po- all postseason, he has not been running the point. He has been playing more of a traditional forward role. Fourth quarter, down seven yesterday. Gotta have it game. I know it would have just been 2-2. The Lakers have to win their home games to win the title. They had to win last night to win this series. LeBron says, all right, I'll put my hand on the joystick. I'm going to control everything. Now, again, he didn't even play great in the fourth quarter. But it was just so crystal clear that he was waiting to see when he had to activate point LeBron. 
He has not done it yet this postseason. For the vast majority of his career, it was the only way he played. And now he has been playing a different role. And all of a sudden, it was 2016 all over again. Where's Steph Curry? Hunt Steph Curry. Get Steph in a pick and roll. LeBron either backs him down or Lonnie Walker takes him off the dribble. And Steph, who had on the offensive side been brilliant much of the night, of course had no answer. We also got a little 2016 throwback LeBron Steph Curry chase down block with a little, with a bit of a mean mugging as well. So that's how the Lakers got up 3 1. Now to the Warriors side of things. So forget, we'll go little picture to big picture. Kerr does not know who he can play. Said on TV yesterday, and I was, of course, proven correct. And by the way, that is now 10 Laker games these playoffs, 10 times on television. We picked a winner the day of the game, and I am 10 and 0. I have correctly picked the Lakers winner in each and every game. Before the Grizzlies series, I said Lakers win one, three, four, and six. And before the Warriors series, I said the Lakers win same as the Grizzlies series one, three, four, and six. We're 10 for 10. The other thing I said on TV yesterday was Kerr's got five guys he trusts, but you can't play all five at the same time against this team. Those five are Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, but they don't want to play Draymond and Looney at the same time against this team. So who's going to be that fifth guy? They started Jermichael Green. They tried that. He played two minutes yesterday. Yesterday, they've started Jordan Poole these playoffs. Poole played 10 minutes. Oh, was 0 for 4, had two of the most hilarious turnovers you'll you'll ever see, and then was relegated to the bench. More on him in a moment. So yesterday they start Gary Payton. Gary Payton played as well as he can play. Still not a guy you want out there in playoff crunch time. So they went to Moses Moody, who of their young guys, once upon a time, Kaminga, Wiseman, Poole, Moody, he was the one they trusted the well, Wiseman's one they trusted the least, but he was the number two pick. Moody was the one they trusted the second le- uh, least. And now he can't, now they're playing him in crunch time of playoff games. They don't have enough. They got seven of nine from the field and three of five from three. In fact, you know what? They got. 14 of 18 from the field and four of seven from three and 32 points from Peyton DiVincenzo Moody. That's as good as you can possibly hope for. And it wasn't enough. Why? Well, their big three core all had massive gaps in the final few minutes. Let's start with Steph. Steph was brilliant as a distributor. The two highest assist games he's had in the last decade in the playoffs have been in the last week. Game two and game four of this series. Last night he had 31, 10, and 14. But he did not have his shot. He was 3 of 14 from three. Despite that, late in the game, Steph goes a little hero ball. Down one, 
Less than a minute left. Steph takes a pull-up 20-footer over Anthony Davis. Miss. Draymond gets the rebound. More on that in a moment. Kicks it out to Steph. Steph does. It was a carbon copy of the Kevin Love play from Game 7, 2016. Dribble, dribble, dribbled, crossover, crossover, try to shake him. They were trying to get back at LeBron. What? Well, I think they're trying to win the game. I think they're trying to win the game. And I think Steph thought this was their best chance, but he couldn't get around Anthony Davis and he heaves a bad three. A bad three. Miss. Then they get the jump ball with five seconds left. They have a timeout. Steph is on the ground. Could call timeout, have two and a half, three seconds left, down three. Steph just has a mental lapse, throws the ball blindly over the back of his head out of bounds. Game over, you lose. It was pretty close, though. It was very close. I understand that. And I appreciate you trying to be nice to the Warriors, but... Steph was too good offensively for 47 minutes to have that be the end, but it was. And this is where we have the uncomfortable facts conversation. Last 25 years to tie or take the lead in the final minute of playoff games. Steph Curry is now six for 25. That is... The second worst in the league ahead of only Russell Westbrook. He's shooting 24% playoff games. Tire take the lead. Minute left or less. He was 0 for 2 yesterday, 6 for 25 now. LeBron, of course, is the second best in that stretch behind only Ray Allen. On threes, by the way, in that situation, Steph is 3 for 14, 21%. That is better than only Kevin Durant, Heydu Turkoglu, Kobe Bryant, who was three for 17, and Russ, who was an impossible one for 14. LeBron, again, if you care on those situations, three pointers to tie or take the lead in the final minute of playoff games is the fourth best. So you were 44%. serious about talking about this for 13 minutes? No, 20 minutes, probably. Uh, Reggie, Dame, and Ray Allen. Ray Allen, 10 for 16 on those. Just bananas. So for Steph, brilliant offensively. Say it again. Where's Lonnie on that list? Lonnie Walker has not taken enough of those shots to qualify. In fact, he's taken none to qualify, but I still got nothing but love for him. He just hasn't. He's never taken this is his first real playoff action. Uh so that step offensively, great for 47 minutes, bad for the last minute. Defensively. Lonnie Walker kept dotting his eye, and LeBron got ISOed with him a few times, and he kept fouling. And LeBron, LeBron, who famously is afraid of free throws, runs from the foul line, even though, and people say that despite the fact that even the most ardent LeBron James hater can't point to a single playoff game in his 20-year career that, oh, yeah, his team lost because he missed a late free throw. LeBron, of course, goes four for four from the line the final three minutes. So there's the Steph part. Now the Clay part. 
stuff part? Yeah, we're not moving on yet. I told you this was going to be a while. The clay part. Clay did not have it last night. Now, he hit a corner three of a great pass, I think, from Moses Moody to go up 99-96. At that moment, he was three for seven from three. He was three for nine for the game. And at least he made that big shot. Clay then takes an impossibly bad pull-up 30-footer from the right wing and then an almost equally bad pull-up 24-footer from the left wing that almost made Kerr pass out. You can see him in one of the shots. You see Clay take the shot and you see Kerr have a little mini conniption, conniption, and then they move on. I swear you're making these words no, up. Look it up. So Clay, here's the thing, man. Everybody loves Clay. Clay's one of the greatest players ever. We all know that. Man, oh man, when he's great, he gets all the love, and when he's bad, we just move on. Other guys that are second best guys on a team, when they're bad. People come for him. Clay was really bad last night, took two really bad shots, and it's just got to be acknowledged. And then there's Draymond. Draymond, off the first step miss with 40 seconds left, 30 seconds left, whatever it was, Draymond gets the offensive rebound, has Schroeder on him. They're down one. He's three feet from the basket. Could just go up with it. Doesn't even look at the basket and instead throws it 35 feet away from the basket to Steph. Go up, Draymond. Trust yourself. Offensive rebound, layup, you're ahead by one. He didn't want it to be his fault if they they lost. Unfortunately for him, it ended up being his fault because after all that, they run a play with 15 seconds left. After a, trying to think what happened here. Did LeBron make two free throws? I think. Whatever it was. Or maybe Lonnie Walker made a jump shot. I got a, I'm not sure exactly. I'm going to check real quick. But to give you the exact circumstances that led to the turnover. It's all right. But uh, yeah, Lonnie Walker made two free throws. That's right, because they fouled him. And the Warriors run hammer. LeBron calls it out. Every is pointing to everyone where to go. Draymond throws a perfect pass to Anthony Davis. Problem, of course, there is Anthony Davis plays for the Lakers. Now, I'm yet, let me check and see. Draymond, you know, who's been potting quite regularly. Uh, let me see if we have an updated Draymond Green show after yesterday's game. Waiting, waiting. Ah, uh, that's a shame. We don't uh, have. If this was the last high leverage moment for that Warriors big three altogether, because Draymond is not guaranteed to be back, it's a rough final three minutes for each of them. Steph had some bad moments. Clay had some brutal, uh, two brutal shots. And Draymond had the killer turnover. 
Just killer for all of them. And then last point on this. As bad as being down 3-1 and as dire as it looks, the worst thing for the Warriors right now might be that Jordan Poole, who Kerr seems to be giving up on, has four years and $128 million on an extension that does not even start until next season. They paid Jordan Poole early. Draymond slugged him. His season's been bad. His playoffs have been worse. And all of a sudden, I think that might be the worst contract in the league. So, dire straits for the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Diora? Moving on. We can now move on. What's next? The Heat are a game away from making the conference finals, but they only have to beat the banged-up Bucks and the Knicks to get there. Yep. It's hard to say if the team if the team that could actually beat the Hawks is actually legit. At 18 to 1 to win the title, is it worth a shot? So absolutely. The Heat how the Heat are still underrated and undervalued is beyond me. I understand they don't have a roster full of great players. I get that. And this piece of hair is just going to drive me crazy. I'm trying to fix it. The whole I'm looking at myself in the camera screen. It's just killing me. Um, I understand that. What they do have is the best coach in the NBA and Jimmy Butler, who's been as good as just about anyone this postseason. And now they're up 3-1 on the Knicks. And the Bucs were the one seed, and they beat them. I know Giannis was missed game two and three in, par- in large part of game one. Game four and five, though, he was back. And game five, Giannis seemed to be pretty damn healthy. And in both of those games, the Heat had double-digit deficits that they overcame in the fourth quarter. And in this game, game four, they just out-hustled and out-fought the Knicks. And can the Heat beat Boston? Of course they can. They they took them to seven last year. Came down to a Jimmy Butler three. Can the Heat with Jimmy and Spo beat Philly? Of course they could. You're very passionate and, today. Yeah, I'm fired up. This is a so I the Heat. At, listen, I don't think the Heat are going to win the title, but I think right now. Let me see what their odds are to win the conference. He definitely knows. Um, the, I no, I don't know what their odds are to win the conference. The, let me. I'm just gonna look real quick. The, to win the Eastern Conference, they're yeah four to one. That's not what they should be. It is crazy to me that Boston is minus one seventy five. And it's not because Boston would be the favorite over Miami. I know they would be in Vegas. But Boston might not get there. And the Heat are definitely getting there. The Heat are... They were bad in the play-in. They were bad in the regular season. Jimmy Butler is a 16-game player. Spolstra is a great coach. They have enough. What's the follow-up here, Dior? 
What do you think about Julius Randle saying that the Heat won it more? The Knicks' effort, particularly on the defensive glass yesterday, was pathetic. And listen, the Knicks fans were all mad at me, and I understand I underrated them slightly, but I mostly, I underrated them against the Cavs, but otherwise I had it right. This team was not a real threat. And Julius Randle, box score-wise, had a good game yesterday. Eye test-wise, he didn't. And Randle now has to reconcile these things. In 2021, he was 24-10 and 10 on 45% shooting in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, he was 18-11. and 11, Give him credit for that. On 29% shooting in the postseason. This year, he's going to make an All-NBA team. He was 25-10 and 10 on 46% in the regular season. And in the playoffs, he's been 16-8 and eight on 37%. The Knicks actually have some nice pieces. Jalen Brunson can be the number two on a really good team. R.J. Barrett has shown enough in this postseason that I think one day he could be the number three on a really good team. I like your complimentary pieces. You got to re-sign Hart. I like Grimes. Obviously, I, I like Toppin. I like Quickly. That's four rotational guys. You have your second number two and number three. Question is, can you get a real one? Can you get someone to bite on Randall? Because that's another bad contract now. Not a playoff player. Sorry. He's like the bizarro Jimmy Butler. Awesome in the regular season. And then just becomes borderline liability in the playoffs. And if the Knicks acknowledge that, admit that, and try to move on, they could be dangerous at some point. If not, they're going to have a very clear ceiling in the postseason. Next. Statistically, Devin Booker is having is having the hottest start to a playoffs ever. He clearly won the Luca Booker debate. Okay, I don't know. No, about that. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know that he clearly won. Okay, the Luka speaking Booker of Luca, uh-huh. he went off last postseason, then opened the year as MVP favorite. Josh Allen did the same after losing a shootout with Mahomes. Playoff success definitely impacts early season expectations. So. Do you think, like, is Booker's lights out shooting setting him up to be the favorite going into next year, too? So that's a really interesting question that I hadn't really considered, that how will this postseason affect Devin Booker uh, when it comes to MVP odds? Yeah, I mean, I think he probably will be one of the favorites. It is interesting that, he, how I mean, nobody has ever done what he's doing from a field goal percentage and volume scoring perspective. I mean, the guy's shooting 71% true shooting percentage on a super high volume. We've never seen it done. The only even nine-game stretches, this is nine games, across all of playoffs for guys to shoot in the mid-60s true shooting on 35 points per game is Kareem in 77, Jordan in 89, LeBron in 2018 and 2009. That's the list. So you have... Jordan, Kareem, and LeBron, the three greatest players ever, 
LeBron did it twice, Kareem once, Jordan once, and Devin Booker is doing it at a higher rate than any of them. We have coming out tomorrow on the TV show Club Superstar, and he is, is spoiler alert, he's going to be in there. And he's been remarkable. Now, on that series, the story really of the Suns winning games three and four is not that Booker and KD were unbelievable. It's that they finally, in games three and four, got something off their bench so it didn't squander how great Booker and KD were. I still think Denver is a heavy, heavy favorite in that series. But Booker has taken his game to a level I did not think he had in him. And he now is in the discussion as a top eight, six, five guy in the league. That's what the playoffs can do, and he is having a playoff run unlike almost anyone we've ever seen. All right, last one for the segment. And so, well, only your show would put this in the A block because okay. I feel like this should be what didn't make the cut. But okay. Bronny is staying in Southern California with his dad at USC. Does this mean for both him, his dad, and the future? What does this mean for him, his dad, and the future of the NBA? Well, it means LeBron's definitely going to be on the Lakers next year, but that was kind of validated just by this playoff run already. It Here's what I'll say that is interesting about the USC. Oh, you LeBron. thought LeBron might retire this year? No, I thought he might try to leave the Lakers. Oh, okay. I thought he might try to go somewhere else. But with Bronny at USC and the Lakers playing well, there's no chance. I'm not saying Bronny's going to be one and done. But if he were to be one and done... His best case scenario is probably, yeah, straight to the NBA after a year of college. His best case scenario would probably be to be a late first round pick. It is no, and LeBron after next year is a free agent. LeBron has said he wants to play with Bronny. Now, he did come out and say that that just because that's my goal doesn't mean that's his goal and he's got to, you know, do what's best for him and live his life. Also, LeBron said, and I thought it was a pretty touching moment. I had never thought of it. That Bronny's the first person in his whole family to ever go to college. And how, oh, really? yeah, and how happy that makes him and how excited it makes him. I've never thought of that, but like obviously LeBron didn't go to college, he went straight high school to the pros. And he's saying no one in his family's ever gone to college until his son. I thought it was pretty nice. Uh, I do think, though, when he's like, Bronny can go on his own path, I don't know about that one. Well, I feel like it's kind of like if you don't, like, You'll be shunned, but like, you know, well, do whatever you I want. Don't think you know what I mean? Shun him. I, I, this is what I think. And I've said this before. I think LeBron initially said publicly, I'm, I want to play with Bronny at a time when it looked like Bronny might not be good enough to be an NBA player to try to incentivize a team to draft him to give him a chance to be an NBA player gotcha. because they know if they draft him, they'll get LeBron as well, like as a way to get his foot in the door. And by the way, people criticize that. That's kind of what happened with Steph Curry's brother. Steph's brother was... Baby Curry? Yeah, you call him Baby Curry, and you see him on the Nets. He's good now, but He's... he was he was cut repeatedly. He was a guy who was not going to be an NBA guy. He kept getting chances because teams wanted in case the Warriors gave him chances other teams 
in case Steph ever wanted to go play with him. Giannis has two brothers who have played in the NBA, neither of whom are good because they are getting chances either by Giannis's teams or teams that want Giannis as a carrot. So we've seen guys do this for their brothers. We've never seen someone do it for their son. J.R. Smith did it for his brother, Chris, but that's because the ages have never matched up. So I think that was initially the plan. But then Bronny kept getting better and better and better, and now he might be a legit NBA player eventually on his own. So it complicates things, but in a good way. But here is the galaxy brain part of it. Evan Mobley, who's one of the best young players in the league, plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland famously, obviously, drafted LeBron. He played there. He left. He came back, won a title with him. Evan's dad, Eric, is a coach at USC. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded away all their future draft picks for Donovan Mitchell, except for their first rounder in 2024, which is the year Bronny could come out. LeBron is a free agent in 2024, and the Cavs, have every spot on the roster filled out except for a really good small forward. So, could the Cavs draft Bronny in the late first round a year from now and have Bron come back a third time? It's on the board. Could the Knicks draft him? Trying to get LeBron to Madison Square Garden? It's on the board. It's also on the board that Bronny decides not to be one and done or, you know, go on his own path. But if LeBron were to, whether they're on the same team or not, play in the NBA at the same time his son was playing in the NBA, it would be one of the most remarkable feats in sports history because of the longevity and all of it. We've seen it in baseball, King Griffey Sr. and King Griffey Jr., We've never even imagine thought... a name being King Griffey Jr. Ken. Ken. Ken Griffey. Either Jr. way. Ken Griffey Jr. That is wow. Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And that's amazing for him, you know, but that <laughs> name it... is a little rough. That's a great name. Are you kidding? He was so cool. I, I don't have to do a Ken Griffey thing. He was like the, the coolest baseball crush player unlocked. ever. What'd you say? Nothing. Uh but we've seen it in baseball. We never thought it was possible to see him basketball, and we might be a year away from it. All right, we talk a little Nikola Jokic, and we play Nick Wright Public Defender. That's next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Oh, you missed your chance to welcome us back in, Diora. Because uh, I saw that you were about to do it. Diora and I were having an interesting conversation off the air that we'll bring on the air in just a moment. But first, I, I got I'm such... No, I am such an anxiety riddled mess. Broussard texted me during the first block. And if you guys were watching and you, you might have seen I got distracted a bit. Brew texted me. He was like, uh, are you free for a second or are you doing the pod? And all I could think about is like, oh, man, Brew must be really upset with me about something. And I was like racking my brain 
about what I could have done do that so much. to upset Brew, but he's never mad at me, so I don't know why I thought he was. And so I text him during the segment. I was like, I'm doing the podcast, but what's up? Because I had to know what was going on. And he was like, I just text you and Wilds. He was like, I just think you should go first to start the show today instead of me. That was it. It was about a Steph question for the top of the TV show. I don't know why my brain, every time I get a phone call or a text, I'm just like. I just want everyone to know, every time I, every time I call you, you answer your like, hello. I'm always nervous. Hello. I'm, I'm like, always what? nervous. Every time my phone rings. Every single time I call him, I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, yeah fine. I'm fine. I'm always fine, but I'm always worried something terrible is going on. I don't know why. Probably need medication. Um, all right. So Dior mentioned in the break that this is now the second time that she almost went to school with Bronny James, LeBron's kid, because they're the same grade. Yeah, we're the same age and there was a point in time we thought we were going to have to move to L.A. for the show. Yep. And we were looking at high schools and I applied to one and I got into one. And I was like, OK, that's the one we'll go to. And Bronnie went to that same Sierra school. Canyon is the school you were going to go. Exactly. To. And then we ended up and then, not moving. to LA. Exactly. And then USC was my top choice school. But then I didn't get in. And then Bronnie just and now Bronnie, he's going. And now Bronnie's going there. Um, And then we were talking about something else, which is. You said, because you asked me if that was his real name. Yeah. And his real is it is his real name now, but he was named LeBron James Jr. And he changed his name to Bronny. And LeBron Sr., I guess, has talked about this, that LeBron that was his call. Senior. Well, Oof. I mean, it's just I want to make sure who we're talking about that it was his that it was the son's call. And LeBron has said that he's regrets naming him LeBron James Jr., that that was put too much on his shoulders. Uh, and you had thoughts on that. And then one other point on it, if, but go ahead. What do you mean? About him, why he changed his name, about why he would want to change his name. Oh, I was just saying it must be like rough because you don't know why people want to be friends with you. Well, that's, that is to me a really fascinating thing, which is if you are... Like I've had that before, and you're definitely not as big of a star as LeBron James is, you know. What? Well, clearly. Uh-huh. But so that so you actually you've you've wondered that before. Like, is someone being nice to you because they thought they could get something from me, or they liked me on the show, or something? Well, like, like yeah, there's like a few kids at my school that's just like are just like you know a little off like to everyone, and then all of a sudden it's just like, hey, like I'm. It's almost my birthday. Like, do you want to do something with me and my friends? And I'm like, no. Like, and you <laughs> like what? They, there's a either some sports connection or something involved. Yeah. That. So, uh, or remember, there was a point in time where my dad came and spoke to the sports club. Yeah. At my school, because they begged me to get like to convince him to do it, and it was like with a kid I wasn't really friends with. I'm kind of friends with him now, but like. It was just out of nowhere. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like, you know what I mean? So and I and to your point, it is we are I am not I am not a celebrity and I am like very, very, very far like sports TV guy is somewhere ahead like sandwiched between like famous 
commercial actor who no one knows their name but recognizes them from the commercials. Hey, and, yo, you're that guy from ESPN. Right, right, exactly right. And so it's it is not real celebrity; it is more notoriety. You then go to the other end of the spectrum, which is LeBron James is one of the most, probably one of the fifteen most famous human beings alive. If you are his kid, once you are old enough to be self-aware and, you know, deal with high school politics and stuff, do you have to be, do you have like a level of insecurity about anyone who's nice to you or tries to be friends with you? Is it because they actually like me or is it because they want to be invited to my house or meet my dad or those my thing is though when you're in public i i could just because i have a terrible memory Mm -hmm. but i could see a famous person and be like huh i know them from somewhere and just be like completely oblivious and just and and, like not saying brawny is not famous but if i saw brawny on the street i wouldn't be like oh that's lebron james kid that i you know what i mean but kids at his high school all know well, That's yeah, of the, course. The, and of course. now maybe it's good he goes to high school. He goes to because a lot of I must say a lot there. of celebrity kids go there but, and a lot of them are kind of on the same level. Well, that is the thing. Like it is it is a level of celebrity fame and wealth that is a very like I you know who's going to deal with this once she gets a little bit older? Blue Ivy. Oh, that's going to be rough. Right? I think she's homeschooled though. I I almost wonder if you, I don't want to say you have But it's to. Beyonce's kid, though. That's, that's, what, that's like a whole That's what I'm life. saying. That's what, So that's what I'm saying. Or being like, like the president's kid. Right. And I and by the way, historically. And I know people, sorry. No, just real quick. Historically, that's been really tough on president's kids. The Bush twins had a rough time. Chelsea Clinton had a rough time. Now, Chelsea Clinton, in part, had a rough time because Rush Limbaugh was truly horrible to her as a child. And the Obama kids, I don't know if they've had a rough time. but I you think know, they kind of had a rough time in college, not as much in high school. But you know people that are friendly with one of them, correct? No, I know people that are f- not not friendly, but know Trump's kid because he the went youngest? to Columbia. What, the, wait, which? The one that's like 16 or something. Oh, oh not Columbia University. No, Columbia hi- the high school. private school okay, that so we know, play right. in all the leagues of and course. stuff. So, right. So all of that stuff is, it is, and then to circle back to the Bronny thing, if you are a big time athlete at one of these schools, there is a natural, in high popularity. school, yes, in high school, the two quickest paths to popularity, and this is a tale as old as time, I don't think it will ever change, is very pretty girl, great athlete boy. Those across all high schools, all eras. That's not the only ways to be popular, but those are almost surefire popularity ways if you want it. So if you are that kid, do you have, like you probably, even if you weren't a famous person's kid, you'd have a lot of people that want to hang out with you, be friends with you. But do you have a level of like a voice in your head that always wonders, do they actually like me? Right. And I think that's, I think that's a, this is a very different version, but it's kind of a branch of the same tree. It's the same reason why I said your first year at college, you can't have a car. 
one of the reasons. Remember? Yeah. That I, I the you don't want to be the person that has the car because everyone will use you. Well, and you don't know if, if they want to be your use, friend. Right. Then you don't you don't get a good gauge on whether or not these people actually like you or whether or not you are just the person with the car. So they're nice to you by out of necessity. And so again, it's not the same, but it's the same kind of thought pattern. So I don't know. I, I think, and it's also why it's a tough road for celebrity kids, man. It's a tough road. And I, again, I, there are obviously far, far tougher things. I'm not trying to say any of that. What I am saying is it is not surprising that sometimes famous people's children go through some stuff because there are these added things that during adolescence, when you already have so many, you know, changes and things going on in your brain and all of this, it's just an added layer of the lack of ability to be a hundred percent sure yeah. on who's your who's got your back and who doesn't. And it's also one of the reasons why. So many people, particularly athletes, that become famous and wealthy, their closest group are the people that predate the fame and wealth. Yeah. Because those are the people, the only people that you can be lock solid certain like you for you, as opposed to, and it's why, but, but it's also why so many actors and actresses date others, actors and actresses, because it's like, we know you know that they're not you're not using it they could use you for the levels of fame correct but and we've seen that you know what i mean but but it's also why a lot of a-listers try to date a-listers yeah you know it's like we're because we're in the same we're in the same world okay i this was kind of a sidebar but it was interesting all right let's let's move on to the back to the show go ahead Okay, according to you, Jokic pushed a nerd Sunday. I made Wilds die laughing when I said that, man. He tries never to, like, break character, if you will, laugh at mean jokes, but he couldn't help himself. But go ahead. And that nerd was the Suns owner. Yeah. Are you are you in on Jokic now that he's the NBA villain? Well, listen, Jokic has been unbelievable this postseason, and I don't blame him at all for pushing Matt Ishbia. Matt Ishbia, Joy Taylor said this. I'd never heard this line before. Evidently, it's an old line, but I'm going to credit Joy with it because I had never heard it before she said it. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. And Matt Ishbia was playing stupid games, and he won a stupid prize, which is a giant Serbian gentleman shoving him in the chest. And then he flopped like a fish on a boat. So I'm glad the NBA didn't suspend Jokic. The funny thing about it is this. He almost assuredly would have been suspended if that wasn't the Suns owner. Some people thought he was going to get in more trouble because, oh, my God, you pushed an owner of the team. I think it actually worked the opposite. Because the owner doesn't want the team to lose. Right? Well, well, no, the, he's, he owns the other team. Oh, so, but, um, true. But... but if he had just shoved a random fan sitting courtside, I think he gets in way more trouble because the owner was clearly trying to like insert himself in the action and he didn't really feel like just a civilian. It was someone who has a connection to the team, owns the team and was because the what happened if people didn't watch it, the ball goes out of bounds, a son's player falls (coughs) down 
Jokic and the ball bounces to the Suns owner, brand new owner, just bought the team. Jokic runs over because he wants to start the fast break because the Suns player is still on the ground. The Suns owner doesn't want to give up the ball. Jokic tries to grab it from him. The owner, Ishbia, won't give it to him. And the ball pops away, and then Jokic pushes him. He was, Ishbia was inserting himself into the action. Jokic didn't like it. I And I like Jokic's post-game press conference. I, I did not believe Jokic should have won the MVP two years ago or last year. It does not mean I think he stinks. And far from stinking, he's been awesome in the playoffs this year. Now, it is true that Jokic has a history of some dirty plays. This was not one of them. And it's really good the NBA didn't suspend him. And I think Ishbia <coughs> looks way worse than Jokic in this. All right, we're playing Nick Wright, public defender. Okay. Keep in mind, by the way, like a public defender does, I am simply defending the client I have been assigned by the state to the best of my abilities. I am not necessarily, I do not necessarily believe these takes. Go ahead. So sorry, everyone. You're fine. Go ahead. The Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, held the ball after a play was stopped in the crowd, then flopped back into his seat when Jokic bumped him. Defend your client, some nerd, Matt Ishbia. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is very sad. Um. My <laughs> client did not get up. Do you want to go get some water real I'm quick okay. while I do this, okay. Your Honor? Okay. Are you okay? Would you like a five-minute recess? A water break? <laughs> You're so no, I'm just curious. If you would, Your Honor, if it pleases the court, we can take a break. Uh, my client just sitting there watching a basketball game. Ball bounces to him. He was not trying to delay any action. He was checking on the health of one of his players. And then a man who has a history of violence against my team specifically shoves my client in the chest. And by the way, when they say when they say that the assault the assailant Nikola Jokic was trying to start a fast break this isn't street ball. Can't check it in. It needs a referee anyway. My client did nothing wrong and was assaulted. And due to the reckless assault of Jokic, my client had to be defamed on television. The very popular TV host calling him a nerd. J j talking badly about him when all he was trying to do was check on the health and well-being of his player. Josh Kogi. Yes, Your Honor? Nothing. I rest my case. I didn't really want to defend Ishbia. Next. The Celtics had a shot to win in overtime versus the 76ers, but Jason Tatum went full Ben Simmons. Counselor, defend your client, Jason Tatum. My client's job is to play basketball. My client's job is to guard, score, can't even rebound. My client's job is not to strategize. There is someone whose job is to strategize. The head coach, Joe Missoula. And the head coach, Joe Missoula, was negligent. Didn't call timeout. Didn't put his best offensive unit on the floor. He's Instead, not on Well, maybe he's, Irrelevant. Maybe he should be. 
Maybe he should be on trial because he set my client up to be the fall guy. His Michael Cohen, if you will, while he is getting away scot-free due to gross negligence, standing there doing nothing. Calm down. Calm down. My client almost had a 20 and 20 game has come through again and again for this franchise over the course of the last six years. And you're blaming him as opposed to this 34-year-old first-time head coach that can't be bothered to call a timeout and keeps running plays for Marcus Smart. It should also be noted that my client, before overtime, Got Marcus Smart a wide-open look to win the game right after my client hit a step-back three to go ahead in the game, and Marcus Smart short-armed it. My client, Jason Tatum, is not the villain here. He is the hero. He's not a very good lawyer. Next. Let's leave it to Auntie Joe. Next. Chris Paul has always come up short in the playoffs. Now, after his injury, Phoenix is 2-0 without him. This guy is so overrated. Counselor, defend your client, Chris Paul. No defense necessary for the point god. god. My client, the point god, Chris Paul. All right. My client's the fifth greatest point guard in the history of professional basketball. My client's 37 years old, five foot 11, and still a winning quality player. And without my client's leadership, you think a team led by Kevin Durant and Ben and, uh, Devin Booker would be able to survive two games to save their season without my clients on bench coaching, without my client coaching up campaign. He's literally not even playing. Right. And so he he has to go full-blown leadership. Oh, all right. Coaching from the bench. Case dismissed. Okay, I agree. Case dismissed. These are scurrilous charges. Next. The Westminster Dog Show is underway in New York with one notable admission. Counselor, defend your client. Dexter Wright. My handsome guy. So I think we have pictures of my client. He's also a dog. Look at my guy. That's Dexter, our Portuguese water dog, wearing what looks like a Balenciaga sweatshirt, but it's actually Balenciaga. Play on He's words so there. handsome. There's him. He's like my little my little guy. <laughs> There's him laying on the steps. Do we have more pictures of Dexter that we're gonna show? I love how like I'm the one who gave that... these photos and I'm still like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you listen, Diora Diora loves this dog, and I'll defend him <laughs> in just a moment. We can just roll through these pictures. Look so here's him. why my client uh was not invited to Westminster. He's a maniac. He's one of the dumbest animals ever to live. He's he's really, he's not great. <laughs> I mean, I understand no dogs are brilliant. But our dog he's, he's is pretty. cartoonishly stupid. He, we I watched have him these... chase his tail yesterday yeah. until he fell down the stairs. He, like, was in, going in circles, going in circles till he fell. <laughs> Down the stairs. He, we have these somewhat windy staircase at our house, and in the on the kitchen level, it's like two stairs and then a ninety degree turn. 
And every day, when that's the different staircase, but it's similar setup. Every day, when I walk up those stairs and he follows me, he gets so excited, he jumps up the first two stairs. But he has not yet figured out that every time he does that, he just launches himself into the wall. So he hits the wall, stumbles, and then goes back up, the, goes up the rest of the stairs. And he just acts like nothing happened. And he gets so excited every time someone comes to the house, he just pees on himself. <laughs> he just can't help himself. And he jumps and pees on himself and then gets embarrassed and then just keeps jumping. He gets really excited when he sees me. He's a very loving, wonderful dog who honestly might be, I don't know what the proper nomenclature is. Isn't he one of the like dumbest dog breeds though? Like, is there, kind Portuguese of water dogs are historically pretty stupid, but I think he's like the dumbest of the dumb. I, I just really, really think he yeah wait wait you're supposed to be defending him there that's my defense <laughs> my client's incompetent to stand trial he doesn't understand the charges against him he barely knows his own name how on earth could the he does he actually doesn't respond to me when i call him dexter he only responds uh, when i call him handsome yeah he, he does. <laughs> he's like the best he's the best little furball ever all right we answer your questions next what's right Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Oh, sorry. You literally just heard me say that I'd welcome us in. Uh, go ahead and welcome us in. Gosh. <laughs> welcome back. Episode 149. Now we're going to answer the listeners' questions. Yeah. So first we have Noah Cauldron mm-hmm. said, here's my question. Why is Steph the greatest PG ever? Point and- guard. Go ahead. I, I got yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading what it says. Oh, gotcha. So. Sorry. And the best shooter ever, but late in the game when he doesn't make any shots and he gets the small player pass. I don't listen. I don't. He's not going to get the small player pass for me. First of all, he's not the greatest point guard ever. That's Magic Johnson. He is the second greatest point guard ever, and he is the greatest shooter ever. He has not been good in his career. When he's been unbelievable on clutch shots to ice games, like up five. 90 seconds left, one more bucket ends it. Steph's one of the best, maybe the best we've ever seen. But when trailing in the final minutes, he's historically just hasn't been great. That's part of the story. It's part of his basketball history. Listen, there is no perfect play. Well, there might be one perfect player. But typically, there is no perfect player. Husband. uh, You know what? I think you get canceled for those types of comments. I could be wrong. But so there, there, there is, there is no perfect player, but you've got to be fair and just say Steph's limitations defensively 
which were exploited again in the fourth quarter last night, and his lack of, you know, hardly any of those iconic team trailing hits the shot to win the game moments, those hurt him. Now he just had 50 in a game seven. It's not that he gets nervous. It's not the moment's too much for him. He just hasn't been great at those. That's part of his story. Next. Okay, Glass Onion 25 said, Nick, do you think LeBron is reserving energy until the finals where he'll go all out, or is he going to stay around this level for the entire playoffs or finals? Will he make concerted a concerted effort to win um, FN- a finals MVP? So I think LeBron knows how much gas he has left in the tank and is planning. It's not that much. And he's planning for four rounds. So I do think we will see the best version of LeBron come the finals, especially because the finals aren't every other day. You have two games, two days between games for all of them, except for games three and four. And I, you saw last night. Last night was a critical game. LeBron was playing one style for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, went to point LeBron, started hunting Steph and doing old LeBron stuff. Now he's got to start making his threes. And at some point you would think he will, but I do think he is trying to ration out his energy. And thus far it's gone very well. Next. Okay. Darth Jesse said, if Barney gets drafted by a small market team like Charlotte, like Jordan did. No, not saying like he's put LOL Jordan because Michael Jordan owned Charlotte. Got it. That's Do you see it. LeBron going there? So that's interesting. I I don't think so. But maybe, I mean, if LeBron's serious that that's what matters most to him, I also think it matters the timeline of it. And is LeBron still competing for championships or has he moved to a different phase of his career? If LeBron, if Bronny comes out in a year, LeBron's still obviously competing for championships. Uh, all right, next. Okay, next. Jonathan Malera said, "We that they need Dexter to co-host." He's not allowed in the store. He's too dumb. He'll eat the clothes. Next. <laughs> uh, Cutlass. Okay, Cutlass Nick, Nick said, "If the Heat win it all, does Jimmy Butler make it?" onto your best 50 best players yep. of the last 50 years um i don't need you to finish my sentences so. oh, i'm sorry i thought you left out an important word uh i don't know it's such a unique career because the regular season accomplishments aren't there but if they were to win it all it's an all-time playoff run uh Go ahead. Next. Matt asks, is there a dumber sports crime in history than the commanders tampering to sign Andrew Luck? So here's the thing. I have a feeling that Matt is our producer, Matt Ford, who tried to put that in the show today. And it was the one question I erased. Is, is Matt, is it you? Confirm or deny? Is it you? Confirmed. I knew it. He put it in the show. I erased it. Because I do not care about the Commanders at all, but he's a Commanders fan. So now he's putting it in the chat like he's just a listener or viewer trying to get his questions answered when he produces the show. Matt, two-minute minor. Put yourself in timeout like they do on Levitard's show. Uh, All right, next. 
Gabe Goodwin asks, will our produce will our production team need to go back and scrub the archives of all your Draymond slander when he teams up with his boss LeBron? No, I my commentary is unbiased. There listen, the, my Draymond opinions have not made my life easier. Draymond is super close with someone I'm super close with, and it causes me a little bit of strife. No. Uh it's part of that crew though. Uh oh, your bestie. But it's just what'd you say? Nothing. I I didn't I really didn't hear what you said. Um but it just is what it is. And I respect Draymond's basketball career. I also think my opinions on Draymond are well founded. His opinions on me are well founded. I also do think Gabe is on something that he and LeBron could end up playing together at some point. I don't know if that would work, but I do think that could happen. All right, huge day today. I'll be on with Cowherd in about 90 minutes. I am the today's show is going to be brilliant. And we had a wonderful show. Dior, you did a great job. You don't want a rating out of 10. What about on a 1 to 100 scale? No, I'm okay. Okay. Go Have ahead. a great day, everybody. You know, just... see, see you guys on Thursday. What's right? Bye.